What options does your nonprofit have when a dispute arises with the vendor or they're not fulfilling their end of the deal? Whether you have a written contract, a handshake agreement, or neither, we will discuss your legal options with Curtis Romig in this episode of the PBPA podcast. Hello and welcome to the PBPA podcast. In each episode of the PBPA podcast, we explore legal questions relevant to Georgia nonprofits. I'm your host, Sarisha Gunta, Counsel and Education Director at the Pro Bono Partnership of Atlanta. PBPA strengthens our community by engaging volunteer attorneys to provide nonprofits with free business legal services. We provide numerous free resources via our website, including articles and webcasts specific to Georgia nonprofits and their business legal concerns. We also provide direct legal services to our clients. For more information on client eligibility requirements to apply to be a client or to access our vast learning center, visit our website at pbpatl.org. Before we jump into this episode's topic, keep in mind that this podcast is general information, not legal counsel. Contact your attorney for guidance on your nonprofit's specific situation. Curtis Romig is a litigation partner at the law firm of Brian Cave and their Atlanta office litigation leader. This means Curtis is incredibly knowledgeable about managing and mitigating vendor disputes. He's also a dedicated PBPA volunteer and a member of our advisory board. Thanks for joining us today, Curtis. Thank you, Sarisha. Happy to be here. Today, we're going to talk about strategies to manage vendor disputes and avoid potential litigation. I have a feeling that the first thing that you might say is to put everything into a contract. But what if a nonprofit already has a dispute or disagreement with the vendor and they never signed a contract with them? Well, I think the first thing you should try to do is communicate with your vendor or your partner because they're, they're, it's a business relationship and it's something you need to take care of. And with any relationship, communication is the first key to understanding uh, what they're expecting from you and to tell them what you're expecting from them. So I would communicate with them. And then even though you might not have a written contract, if there's an invoice or some kind of purchase order in the relationship, that may have terms and conditions that you need to know. So if you've been paying on an invoice basis, you might flip that invoice over and see if there are any standard terms and conditions in the back, because those might bind you. That's true. There's often those terms and conditions hiding on the back of an invoice. But sometimes those contracts that aren't on an invoice can be long and kind of hard to understand. Can a nonprofit organization rely on what their vendor says in their sales calls or emails? Generally, the answer is probably going to be no, but I think that, again, might depend on your relationship. If you have a very good relationship with a vendor, uh, you might be able to get them to do things uh, that they would do for a good customer, just like any good customer service relationship. But generally, statements made by uh, a business partner that you have a contract with would not bind them. It would be what was in the contract, what they had written down and what you had signed. If you have that written agreement, check that first. It's possible over time that if you develop changes in the way the relationship works and repeatedly do things, 
that what is in the contract could change. But all these things are going to be based on your specific situation. So I think the first thing I would recommend you do is to call the PVP of Atlanta uh, to see if they can help you, if, if you have a serious situation. But as we mentioned in the first answer, please call the vendor and just talk with them and say, you know, hey, we expected you to deliver XYZ product or XYZ service, and, and it, it didn't come the way we thought it would. And we wanted to talk to you about that and talk to you about our expectations in the relationship. If they have a uh, contract, if a nonprofit organization does have a written contract, but they never got to actually negotiate the terms, like if it's a click wrap agreement where you just check mark boxes and accept it, how should a nonprofit approach a situation like that if they have a dispute with the vendor? Well, I think, again, you're going to have to read that. And if you can understand what the terms are, uh, I think you that will give you some guidance as to what you can expect or what their failures to, to perform might, uh, might what rights those failures might give to you. Um, but generally with the click rack agreement, as you mentioned, um, those type of agreements are non-negotiables. You know, it's like when you sign a mortgage um, for a house, uh, you're not going to negotiate the terms of the 50 documents you sign at the closing. Most of those are standard terms and you're not in a leveraged position where you can change those terms. So you're bound by those terms, but again, communication might help you better understand those. And if you're in a situation where the vendor is being inflexible or, or you think being unreasonable, then you might need to seek some legal assistance to help you understand those terms better. And also you need to figure out uh, whether the problems that you're encountering in the relationship matter. Are they material to the performance that you're expected to receive, or is it something minor that you can probably, you know, let go or try to just get some sort of, have that addressed slightly by, by the vendor? You know, your expectations in those relationships might vary depending upon the vendor. Some vendors are better than others. Some provide better customer service. And unfortunately, trial and error in those situations can sometimes be the only way to learn. But you have to decide whether the dispute is worth your time and your money to fight. It might just be a situation where you need to cancel a contract and move on and find a different vendor. If it's a $50 problem, uh, it may not be your organization's time to deal with it. Uh, if it's a you know several thousand dollar problem, that's a different situation. Um, and that may be something you need some help with, which we you know the PVP would be happy to provide. And what about if it's a situation where it's, we had talked about DocuSign and if it's where some a vendor sends you over a DocuSign agreement. Um, is there room for change in those? I think you just have to ask, frankly. I mean, the, the tendency with those DocuSign, I mean, I, I have done them before personal, in personal situations, and sometimes you just want to click through and get it over as quickly as possible because it's not, it's not, the, it's not your priority for the day signing this agreement. But it would benefit you to just take some time and read the agreement. And if you have questions, before you sign it, uh, don't just go ahead and sign it. Make sure you uh, can either email or call the company that you're about to do business with and say, I read your, your DocuSign and I had a question about this term and what you think it means or what, what it means for the relationship. Um, again, you're starting with communication and, and it's asking questions is never, never the wrong answer in my opinion. So if you're unsure about what something means, or what it might be binding your organization to do. Ask a question. If the vendor's answer doesn't satisfy you, 
then that might be another situation where you just make a quick call to PVP Atlanta and see if they can find a volunteer to help you. And um, sometimes in those initial stages, that's where a vendor might be more open to making uh, accommodations before they've signed the agreement. After that point, they may not be as open to changes. Right. I mean, I think find out whether it's their form contract or whether there are certain things they might be able to change. Or you could say, you know, we don't need this part of your services, so can we take this part out of the contract? But that's your time to ask questions. Like you said, they want your business, presumably, or they want to help you uh, because they're a nonprofit that matters to them. Uh, so ask the question to see what the answer is. And that can also let you know what kind of business partner they might be going forward. True. And then after the contract is signed, do you have any tips for what a nonprofit can do to prevent a dispute from becoming a lawsuit if there's problems that arise? Sure. I mean, I, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but communication is so key to these uh, situations of preventing a minor disagreement from becoming something where uh, folks have gotten their feelings hurt or they feel like the other side's being unreasonable. And next thing you know, you're marching down a path uh, that you never intended. So I, I think open communication, uh, both verbal and written, um, if you have some clear questions you want to ask, an email might be the best way to send that so that you can get them to respond to you in writing. Uh, if you have a, if it's a vendor you've been doing business with for a long time and just, you know, a problem has come up that hadn't come up before, I would give them a call first and, and give them the courtesy of saying, hey, uh, we love you guys, you know, we have a great relationship, but the last, uh, last time you guys provided services or products, they, these problems came up. We hadn't had this before, and I wanted to give you a chance to address it. So I think, you know, you want to communicate and see what their response is to that. And if it's, if it's a material dispute, it may be important for you to begin putting those communications in writing so that uh, your memory of what the conversation was is not tested. It's often better to have an email, even if it's more formal, uh, that just allows you to clearly remember what was said in the communication. Sometimes a phone call uh, can be hard to recall. So when a problem does arise, a nonprofit should communicate with its vendor and create a paper trail to document those communications. These tips are all incredibly helpful, Curtis, um, and they can help nonprofits manage their vendor disputes. Thank you so much for sharing this with us today. No problem. Hopefully, with communication and uh, good relationships, you can keep these things to minor, minor disputes and only call us when it's a material or a real problem for your organization. We hope that you found this episode of the PBPA podcast to be informative and helpful. We add new episodes every month with short conversations about general yet important legal information for Georgia nonprofits. Remember that this is not legal counsel. Talk to your attorney about your organization's specific concerns. Thanks for tuning into the PBAPA podcast. And to all nonprofits listening out there, thank you for all the good work you continue to do in our community.